Welcome to The 624, the weekly podcast of Central Texas Creation Ministries, taking a stand on God's Word and trusting it from the very first verse. Join us as we look at creation and the Bible to understand the world around us. Welcome to The 624. My name is Dave Napier. I am the host of the podcast, the founder of Central Texas Creation Ministries, and the creator of the Central Texas Creation Conference. And I am glad that you're joining me today. Uh, We are back. It has been a long time. It's a new year. Uh, We are going to be mixing things up this year. Uh, It's been since uh, 2019, uh, since last year, uh, that we've done a podcast. Uh, It has been a while. And I apologize. Uh, Some things happened uh, at work and weren't able to get things done uh, through for the podcast and for articles and things. But we're hoping that everything is working out now, and so we are going to be back on schedule. This year, we are going to mix things up a little bit, though. Uh, we'll be doing podcasts and then an article. Uh, it wasn't that long ago we put out an article. It was our first article on quick answers to creation objections, and hopefully you saw that one, you read it, and you enjoyed it. Give me some feedback on that. If you liked it, you can uh, put some feedback on the website there. Let me know what you like, what you don't like about it. Uh, But we are back on schedule, and we are ready to rock and roll. We'll be posting uh, podcasts and then articles, and we'll be sending out emails to tell you which we're doing at what time. And so if you don't uh, already get our newsletter uh, when we send them out, uh, then you want to be sure and go to our website, centraltexascreation.com. That's www.centraltexascreation.com. And you can get signed up there. So, a couple things. We are still, of course, we did the conference in October. It was awesome. And uh, we are still planning on going to Scotland. Uh, uh, we just finished uh, confirming the dates. I almost didn't get that out. We just finished confirming the dates for Scotland. I will be flying out March 26th and uh, be flying out there, speaking at a couple of churches and doing a little bit of a road trip. And uh, hopefully, we'll see. And then uh, a conference on April 4th there in Stirling, Scotland. So that is coming up. And a fun story about that. I got to tell you this. Uh, last, well, it wasn't last year. It was year before last when I went to Scotland. Uh, of course, I went there because there's a, a church plant there. Uh, it's a couple from Houston who went to Stirling, Scotland and planted a church. And we got to know them before they left. And... Uh, I got to tell you, when we started to do the conference, at one point, Dan, the pastor at Sterling uh, Fellowship, just basically texted me and said, you need to pray. Uh, things are happening. You, you need to pray about this. Well, it turns out the place that he was going to do the conference, he was setting up the conference with, uh, has fallen through. They they basically rented the space out underneath them, and so there was no place to have this conference. Well, we wound up uh, talking later, and it turns out the land landlord, uh, which is the landlord, they're in a this. It's called an arcade, but it's really kind of like an um, a mall area. Uh, so you go inside, and there's shops all over the place. There's even an upstairs to this one, and uh, the owner had kind of, you know, leased it out out from under them. But there was a space that used to be. I want to say it was an Asian market or. I don't know. I'm sure I'm wrong. But anyway, it was a space that they kind of, I don't want to say they destroyed it, but it was kind of ripped out. Everything was ripped out. You know, they had left. And it was upstairs. 
Well, it turns out the owner let them use this space. It was a great space. And I remember having multiple conversations with Dan and Angela about, wouldn't it be great if you guys got this space for your church? Because the space they're in now is downstairs right by one of the doors. It's kind of a cool, cool spot because they have a glass panel. They have a glass, large glass window panel that's normally... That's a window. Okay. Uh, and so they have this big glass window, and it says, you know, Calvary uh, Sterling Fellowship. And so people can just see the, the, the service going on as they walk in. And you can actually hear it outside as well, outside in the hallway. So people will kind of stop and, and watch, and sometimes they'll walk in and sit down. So it's kind of cool. But I remember having multiple conversations going, man, this would be a great space because it's more room. The space that they have is very small. It's two levels and it's very, it's not efficient. It, there's not an efficient way to use the space. But it's been a great space for them. But we set, kept saying, man, it'd be great if you could get this. So anyway, fast forward two years, uh, we, we're talking and, and I tell him there was a little glitch with my flight. And uh, he, he basically texts me and says, well, yeah, it, last week was looking pretty bad. He said, but now it turns out we're going to be renting a new space, which is the exact space we said we wanted two years ago. And so on a temporary basis, uh, it, it won't be their permanent spot, but for a while there, they're going to rent that larger space that is much more efficient room for them. It is just so awesome. It's a great spot. It's up on the second floor. You look out onto uh, the the train station, out onto the city square there. Um, it is awesome. It really is cool. And so I'm so excited that two years ago we talked about it, and this year I get to go back and do the conference in the same spot, except this year it's their church. It's in their church. And so this is going to be really awesome. I'm very excited about that. Anyway, long-winded story. If you want to help out with them at all, uh, I'll post some uh, information on how you can donate to their church. Uh, if you feel led to donate to the renovations and the sprucing ups and all that kind of stuff, or if you want to donate towards their conference, I'll put some information uh, in the notes to let you guys know how you can do that. So anyway, Sterling Scotland is happening. We will be doing a conference starting out March 26. So I hope you had a great New Year and a great Christmas. You know I always have a great Christmas and a great New Year. Uh, my sister makes fun of me because I say it that way every time, and so I will continue to do that. Um, so I've learned that, you know, I was looking at my New Year's resolutions for the last several years, and I, I realize... I never keep any of my New Year's resolutions. So I've decided this year what I'm going to do is I'm going to make my New Year's resolution that I will not lose, that I will gain weight and that I will not be successful at anything. That way, when I break my New Year's resolutions, it's all good. Okay, this is my plan moving forward for 2020. That's probably not, that's probably not going to work. So, uh, But I'll keep you updated to let you know how that goes. So as we get started in the new year, we are going to talk about what I said in the beginning. Uh, well, I say in the beginning. Last year, the end of last year, I mentioned that we're going to be talking about flat earth this year. And so we're going to start out this, this podcast. We're going to start with talking about why do we know the earth is a sphere? Why do we know it's round and not flat? We'll talk a little bit about that. And I'll give you my ultimate reason why we know it's a sphere 
uh, at the very end, and I'll tell you a little bit about a book that you can get. Uh, so what brought this on was I was at a conference, which, hey, you should come to the Concordia Spring Conference coming up February 28th. It's a Friday. I know everybody thinks everybody thinks that it should be on a Saturday. Uh, this is actually Dr. Joel Hex's conference. Uh, he's a professor there uh, at Concordia. He puts this on every year, and I just go help. I go sell books and and you know move stuff around and, and things for him because I just want to be a part of it and just help him out in that sense. So you need to come to this. It's absolutely free. There's no tickets to buy. You just show up. Uh, this year it's going to be Dr. Kevin Anderson, and he is part of the uh, Creation Research Society. I'm going to say this wrong because I didn't plan on saying that. But anyway, I believe that's what it is. If you go to the website, you can check out uh, more information on that conference. But be sure to mark your calendar for February 28th. Now, the reason I bring that up is because last year, uh, in February, we, they had Dr. Danny Faulkner. So uh, Dr. Joel Heck had invited uh, Dr. Faulkner uh, to come speak. Of course, he does astronomy. And so he, he was finishing up a book on Flat Earth. And I was kind of interested because I've heard a few people talk about Flat Earth, mostly YouTube conspiracy theories and things like that, that I really don't pay that much attention to. But it seems like it's catching on a little bit more. More people are talking about it. They're thinking about it. And so I thought maybe it would be a good thing. And then I was flipping through Amazon Prime one day and... Uh, I saw a documentary called Rocket Man. It's uh, Mad Mike's mission to prove the flat earth. Okay, This is a documentary about this guy who... Now, as you find out, it's not that, that Mike doesn't believe that the earth is round. He's just not certain, and so he wants to go find out for himself. And so he is building a rocket himself. No engineers or anything. He's building a rocket himself. Now, lest you think this is his first one, he's actually already built one. He does have a friend who did... I can't remember what he, what he said he did before. I think He was a rocket scientist somehow, so he has some knowledge of it. But they're doing this on a shoestring budget. I mean, they're piecemealing this thing together. I'm pretty sure duct tape has something to do with it, okay? And they're not even in Texas, so... Uh, it's, it's an interesting documentary. Now, the, he has a friend that, of course, they portray uh, him as kind of this kooky Christian guy and stuff. Uh, but it's all about him building this rocket. It's his second rocket. His first one he did, it went off, he went flew up. And the worst part is that he doesn't ever build like a parachute or anything. And so he just falls to the ground, basically. Uh, the first After the first rocket, he wound up like in the hospital. He couldn't... I think he had to lay in bed for like a month or two. So anyway, he has the same problem this time too. But he builds the rocket during this documentary. Goes up... I don't, I don't remember, a few hundred feet or something like that. Comes down, crashes, kills himself. D doesn't kill himself, but I mean, like hurts himself. Uh, and so... It's an interesting documentary. It really gives you no true information about the flat earth or or whether it's round or anything like that. But it is interesting to watch. You can check it out there on Prime Video. Uh, there's nothing really bad about it. Uh, if you are if you got a family 
but it is, he is kind of a weird guy. And so I wouldn't, I don't think your kids are going to be interested in this or anything like that. Just if you got, if you got a Saturday and you just, you're just interested in it, it is kind of interesting to watch. So anyway, uh, as I started watching this documentary, then I was, uh, encouraged to check out, you know, Dr. Faulkner's new book and that's going to that goes back and it looks at the actual science as to why we know the earth is not flat. So it goes through some of the arguments that flat earthers make and shows, hey, this is why we know the earth isn't flat. This argument doesn't work. This argument doesn't work. Here's actual science behind it, things like this. Because right now it is really easy for anybody with a cell phone to get on YouTube and become a videographer and a armchair scientist. And so they get out there and they come up with some of the craziest theories uh, with no real evidence. And then it's up to the listener to be a Berean, right? It's up to the listener. Today, in our society, we have, we have a society of free speech. Our First Amendment right is unique in all the world, Okay. We have our First Amendment right of free speech. Now, what's important about our First Amendment right of free speech is that means that you have to be a better listener. In other words, you have to test what people are saying. You have to think through what people are saying to make sure that they're not telling you something that's bogus. And that's true in the Bible. I mean, we hear Paul say that, uh, you know, when he spoke to the was it Paul? Yeah. Paul said he spoke to the Bereans and he was impressed with them because they would go back and check even him. All right. And so you'll see it very, very often. Um, pastors will say, hey, you know, be a Berean, check everything I say, check everything everybody says, that sort of stuff. And in our society today, today even without looking at the Bible, just in general, when you have a First Amendment right like ours of free speech, you have to be a Berean. You have to check everything. And so here's the, here's the kicker. When you, really, when you really think about it, I don't believe that most people understand why we know the earth is round. I know that I really had not thought about that. I'm sure I learned it in school and had since forgotten about it and just haven't even, you know, had the, the reason to think about it for quite a while. And so with this first episode, what I want to do is go back to basics. You know, rather than jump right into the arguments for flat earth, I want to cover just a couple of reasons why we know the earth is a sphere uh, and why we've known that for many, 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 many years. This isn't rocket sciences, science. It's actually just logic. Now, interestingly enough, again, I don't think most of us understand this because most of us don't realize that it turns out that Pythagoras in the 6th century BC was the first recorded, had the first recorded explanation that the earth is spherical. Okay? The 6th century BC. Now, that flies in the face of what most of us were taught. I mean, a lot of us were taught in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. And many of us were given the explanation that the thing that made uh, Columbus's uh, sailing around the world so interesting was that everybody thought the earth was flat. And he decided he was going to go out and show them that it wasn't flat, that it was round. That is false. That is not true at all. As a matter of fact, they knew that the earth was round. The problem they were having is that the trade routes to the east, going to the east, uh, were being cut off. 
their trade routes were cut off. And so Columbus actually decided that he could sail west, circum circumvent the trade routes, basically, and come up on the other side. Now, he didn't know that there would be a large continent in between them. Uh, he That's why he why it's so weird that he just, not weird, but so amazingly discovered North America, or the Americas, because he didn't realize that was there. He thought he was just going to sail all the way around and wind up on the other side of Asia, or in that area. Now, of course, uh, the interesting thing is that in order to convince them that he should do this, rather than just try and get through, uh, just traveling over land towards the east, he actually fudged the numbers a little bit. Now, this is what I what I heard, uh, and I, I I don't I don't have any true evidence of this, but this is interesting to think about. He fudged the numbers, made it sound like it was longer to actually travel over land to east than it was to sail west. So he made it he made it seem like it was shorter to just sail west and get around to the other side. And that's why he got to do this. So so many of us have been taught that people thought the earth was flat, but that is absolutely not true. Uh, when Columbus sailed the ocean blue, it had nothing to do with flat earth. And so how did Pythagoras figure out about the Earth being round? Well, it was all about lunar eclipses, and we can see these today. Uh, it's when the sun is on the opposite side of the Earth as the moon. All right? And so we call these lunar eclipses. So, so the sun crosses, crosses around. Now they have to be lined up perfectly. Uh, the sun comes around, and we actually see the shadow of the Earth on the face of the moon. And so we see the shadow of the earth going across the moon. Well, guess what? Every time they saw that, 6th century BC, 7th century, 8th century, all the way up to today, every time we see a lunar eclipse, as that shadow goes across the moon, it's a round object. There's a curve to it. Uh, because, of course, you don't see the whole thing. So you see that the front of it curved as it goes across, and then as it goes as it passes across it and is kind of the tail end, you see that curve again. You see that it's round. So we know that the Earth is round for sure. Okay, We know that just from any lunar eclipse, the Earth is round. Now the question you could ask is, well, if the Earth is round, why couldn't it be round and flat? Well, there's a reason that we know this isn't true. Because lunar eclipses can happen at different angles. So in other words, they don't just always happen at the same angle. Uh, so the sun doesn't hit the earth at the same angle every time on lunar eclipses. It happens at different angles. So if the earth was round but flat, we should see not just the same curve every time. We should see it start to thin out. And as it hits just the, the direct sideways view of the flat earth, it should just be a line across the moon. There shouldn't be any curvature, any any uh, width or height to it. It should just be a flat line. And yet we never see that. Every single time, it's a round, curved object. No matter what angle we hit the, the sun hits the earth at, it's always a round, curved object. There is only one way that that could happen, and that's if the earth was a sphere and not flat, whether it's a circle or not. It has to be spherical. It can't just be a circle and flat.
So that's the, the main reason we know that the earth is a sphere. This is a very good reason. As a matter of fact, I kind of look at that and I go, how can anybody logically look at this and go any further with this flat earth nonsense? This kind of tells us, logically observable science tells us the earth is a sphere. But it doesn't always happen that way. Uh, especially on YouTube, you get mob mentality and people go, yeah, right? So let's talk about a second way that we know that the earth is a sphere. And that is the curvature of the earth as we see it here on earth. Now, simply put, we can actually see the earth's curvature when we're in certain places. Uh, even Aristotle actually saw this and he actually talked about the curvature of the earth. His point was he knows that there's a curvature, curvature to the earth because he would watch uh, ships sail away and guess what? The bottom of the boat would disappear then the top of the boat would disappear, only the, leaving only the mast. Then most of the mast would disappear, and only the very top of the mast would still be there as it floated off or as it sailed off. And he said, wait a second. If it disappears that way, that means there must be a curvature, and it's actually curve, starting to curve down, and so it's disappearing from the bottom up. So Aristotle knew this. He understood this. And we can see this today. Now I'm going to give you an example against everything in my being. I'm going to give you an example from Michigan. We all know I'm not a big fan of Michigan. But they actually do have a good example of this. And so uh, Dr. Faulkner actually uses the, this example of Green Bay in Michigan. So the bay is 20 miles wide, which is a good size for the example. And if you're standing on the beach, there's a peninsula called the Door Peninsula. And if you look across the bay, you cannot see northern Michigan. Now, you're just standing, sea level, on the beach, looking across the bay. You cannot see northern Michigan. However, there are bluffs behind the beach that are up higher. And if you go up to the bluffs and look out the same direction, you can see northern Michigan. Now, if you're standing on the beach and the earth was flat and you just couldn't see northern Michigan because it was so far out you couldn't distinguish it, then it shouldn't matter. The distance would be the same. It really shouldn't matter whether you're on the beach or up on the bluffs. The only reason you would be able to see northern Michigan on the bluffs is if the curvature of the earth was keeping you from seeing it on the beach. But when you got up higher, you're able to see farther over that curve to be able to see northern Michigan. So not only did Aristotle see that with the ships, and we can see that today as well, but even things like the Green Bay in Michigan, as much as I hate to say it, are a great example to show the curvature of the earth. So in both instances, we understand that the curvature of the earth tells us that the earth is a sphere. There is, it is round. Now, again, this isn't rocket science. It's a little geometry. It's a little common sense. And, and boom, we know that we're living on a sphere, right? Now, let me tell you one of the greatest ways you can know that you're living on a sphere. It's because you can pick up a book. Now, I did not make any money off this. I'm not trying to advertise a book. 
I'm literally telling you this is one of the greatest ways that you can find out you're living on a sphere. You can pick up a book by Colonel Jeff Williams. It's called The Work of His Hands, and it has pictures from space with uh, Bible verses and things like this. Uh, Colonel Jeff Williams is a Christian, and he goes around and speaks at conferences, things like this. If you haven't heard of him, this guy is a legend. He knows space. He knows what the Earth looks like. He flew four space missions to the International Space Station, and previously he held the record for the most days in space at 534 days. He spent almost over a year and a half, almost two years in space. This guy knows what the Earth looks like. Okay, um, As a matter of fact, that's what he wrote in the, what he does in the book. You can, you can take his word for it, but you don't have to because you can look at the photography he took. He did personal photography while he was up in space. And he even tells a story about how he saw a volcano erupting and they, he radioed down to NASA and said, hey, tell so-and-so that the, I can't remember where it was now, uh, but tell them that such and such volcano is erupting. And they're like, we, we're not hearing that. Are you sure? And he's like, yeah, we just saw it. We can see it from space. And he, as they as they orbit the Earth, they come back around, and it was even less. And he, he radios back down. They go, yeah, you're right. It, it actually erupted. So understand that he's orbiting the sphere of the Earth, taking photography, and he's put it in this book. This guy knows what he's talking about, and you can look at his photography to understand that you are living on a sphere. However... I would say I would say this. Get the book, understand these things. Sorry, I was <laughs> I'm always thinking, I'm always thinking and I was I have actually been thinking about doing a conference on space and uh bringing in three doing a super conference and bringing in three different people. One an astrophysicist uh, Spike Basaris to come in and talk about the planets and how they don't align with the evolutionary theory. He was actually in the military space program, went in as an atheist, came out as a Christian. Uh, and then uh, Gary Bates from the CEO of Creation Ministries International, he is he wrote a book and did a, a, a movie all about aliens. And it is an interesting movie because people all over the world have experiences with aliens. And there's one thing that people say during these experiences that make them go away. You'll be surprised to hear what it is. Um, and then also uh, Colonel Williams, uh, Jeff Williams. Uh, it would be wonderful to bring all three of those guys together and have a huge conference, especially here in Austin, because we like keeping it weird. We'd love to have aliens come down to Earth. But it would be so it would be a great draw for people to come. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I was just thinking about that. Um, so if you'd like to see that, let me know. Be sure and uh, shoot me an email. Let me know uh, on the website and tell me that you'd love to see that. So the idea is that we understand that the Earth is a sphere. It doesn't take a rocket scientist. Uh, is logical. We can use observable science to understand it, and we have the ability or the um, the advantage of having someone who is a 
Bible-believing, God-fearing Christian who can say, I have been on the International Space Station. It is a sphere, and I've taken pictures of it. Here's what it looks like. So we understand that the Earth is a sphere. We don't have to worry about these flat Earth arguments. But as we go along, we're going to take a look at just a few of the flat Earth arguments so that we can equip you uh, if you run into somebody who believes in flat Earth. However, until that time, uh, I want you to be on the lookout for our next article. Uh, we'll be talking about our next article on quick answers to creation objections. We'll be talking about the fossil record and do the... F do the transitional fossils actually exist to show evolution? Uh, is the fossil record complete? Does it speak to evolution? That sort of thing. Uh, we'll be writing on that, and we'll be shooting out an email to let you know that that is posted as well. Until then, you can always check out the first article uh, talking about... I forgot what we talked about. But check out the first article on the website, and then also check out uh, for the next podcast coming up on flat earth as well so i hope you did enjoy this podcast i hope you'll join us for the next one and like i said checking out the articles and the podcast if you are not signed up for our newsletter where we'll be telling you when these things are going to be dropping be sure and go to our website centraltexascreation.com and sign up for the newsletter so you can know when all this stuff is coming out but until then i pray that god blesses you with wisdom to know him and courage to share him Thank you for listening to The 624, the weekly podcast of Central Texas Creation Ministries. Join us again next time as we look at creation and the Bible to understand the world around us. To learn more, visit our website at www.centraltexascreation.com.